0: So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Committed listeners. Joe here. I want to let you know about a new travel podcast called A Way to Go from iHeart and Fathom. Now Fathom has been one of my favorite travel websites for a really long time. In fact, it's the only travel website that I consistently go to on a regular basis for tips and tricks and inspiration for how real people really travel. Pavia and Jerilyn were gracious enough to have me on one of their early episodes to talk about my own travels. And I shared with them the story of how Nick and I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro on our honeymoon to try to test the strength of our brand new marriage. We've got a little bit of that conversation for you today, and I hope you enjoy it. Joe met
1: her husband on a boat in the Galapagos while on assignment as the managing editor for Yahoo Travel. Three months later, after five dates in New York, San Francisco, Joshua Tree, Corsica, and Paris— They got engaged, terrified of (laughs) failing at her first year of marriage. Jo used her job as a travel editor to crowdsource marriage advice from around the world. The result is how to be married, what I learned from real women on five continents about surviving my first really hard year of marriage. A hilariously candid and raw account of her newlywed year. Along the way, Joe lost her dream job and learned she had a rare genetic form of muscular dystrophy. As a way of testing her new marriage and her physical abilities, she set out to, of course, climb Mount Kilimanjaro with her new husband.
2: As one does. As one does.
1: Yeah. So, Joe, can you tell us why you chose Kilimanjaro as the test of the metal of your health and your new marriage?
0: Well, first I have to say, hearing this whole story said out loud, it sounds fake. <laughs> it sounds like I made all of that up, doesn't it? Yes, by the way, yes. It does. Sometimes sometimes when people ask me how I met my husband, I just say Tinder. Right. Because it's easier. (laughs) So we chose to climb Mount Kilimanjaro because we wanted to do something challenging that neither of us had ever done before. And my husband's a big traveler. I'm a big traveler. Combined between us, we had been to something like 50 countries. He's climbed mountains his entire life, and I wanted to do something that would really test both of us so test us as individuals and then test our relationship too because i'm always looking for an out i guess i love that you're testing it but
1: after you get married not like as a prequel to like,
0: well i kind we of think a the great thing about being married is that you you can't just run away so i wanted to do it after we got married and we did it at the tail end of our first year of marriage mm-hmm. which people kept telling us the first year of your marriage is the hardest year. They called it the wet cement year because it's the mm. year mm. where the cement is still kind of icky and gloopy, but everything, every time you walk in it, you're creating an imprint that'll be there on your marriage for the rest of your lives. So we wanted to create this huge imprint, and to do that, we des- we decided to do this really hard thing, which was to climb... A mountain. Had you already yeah. checked
2: off zip lining and
0: bungee jumping yeah. and oh, yeah. jumping yeah. off mountains yeah. and things like that? I well, I studied abroad in Australia. You do all that when you're 18 years old. Mm-hmm. So I'd done the skydiving, the zip lining, the scuba diving. All so of really, these.
2: It, it was it was it, the final frontier. This was the final frontier. It was a serious hurdle for you to have to do this together. Well,
0: we couldn't get on the SpaceX list. So uh-huh. Kilimanjaro. Was there something
2: about getting physically away from your home where you were living at the time and having this experience away from home that you think added to it? And was that one of the things that you said, we have to get out of home and get out of the routine as much as
0: possible to do this? Well, I think that the whole point of the book was to really push ourselves out of of our comfort zones. And pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones meant getting away from home. It meant not just getting away from San Francisco, but getting away from the United States. Because I think that travel tests a person in a way that nothing else does. Because you're vulnerable and in a way that you're not at home. And you have to get out of your comfort zone. And when you do that, when you get there, you can actually see... A real person I, mean, I tell people all the time that the amount of traveling we did for the first year of our marriage i think equaled 10 years of fights and getting to know someone mm. and peeling back the layers of the onion because you just start to see a person for who they really are when because travel in its i think its best form isn't easy right it's hard little things come up that you don't expect and so watching a person navigate that You may see a person come out that you wouldn't see for five years in your marriage if you stayed at home. But then all of a sudden they lose their job, right? right? Or you can't pay your mortgage one month and then you're dealing with these things. But when you're traveling and you miss flights or your hotel reservation falls through or no one speaks the language and you get food poisoning, you're dealing with that stuff right up front. What was it like? Climbing the mountain. I was slow. What I realized is that I'm like not a very good mountain climber, and it was that was an interesting test for our marriage and relationship. What does relationship. that mean? It means like you can't put one foot in front of the other. Like <laughs> no, I was I was just e- I, Your I got out of bre- I got out of breath really easily. I found that I was kind of in the back of the group and Nick was in the front of the group, and it's not it's not that I couldn't do it, but I was I was one of the slower people, climbing this mountain, uh, and it was really great because he hung back with me. He chose to adjust his pace to my pace, which, looking back, is this nice lesson because all of us are constantly going at a different pace than our spouse, and he chose to match mine. Did
2: you, was this, uh, okay, baby, thanks so much, where you're like, no, no, you go ahead. I don't want to hold you back. Of course, of course, yeah, because, I mean,
0: as, like, you know, a strong, empowered feminist woman, I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. Go, get away from me. Right. Um, And he didn't let me. Which was also interesting to watch. To watch him be like, you know what? No, I, I, want, I want to be, can you just let me be with you? Right. And we'd heard stories going into this of couples who had broken up on Kilimanjaro. In fact, our guide had a couple on their honeymoon, maybe a year before we did the trip, who broke up on their honeymoon and he went ahead of her her pace was slow he didn't want to match it and he kept going he gets all the way to the top she sees him as he comes back down and says no it's over. way bitch. and she's no and she's like we're done yeah really? i'm out and they did, apparently i mean the guy stayed in the guide stayed in touch and they, they did not get they back split. together so break up on kilimanjaro yeah. i always i want to like write a romantic comedy about that one day, when I, I, I have my like time. I feel like there's so many
1: metaphors happening on this mountain.
0: Oh, there's all... Well, I, I mean, It's, it's like incredible. every metaphor happens on the mountain. Yeah. I feel like climbing a mountain is the best metaphor you can have for a marriage. Right. Full stop.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about the kinds of conversations you were having or not having during the course of these 12-hour walks every day? And then when you were in your lean-to sharing your sleeping bag or in, in the pitch black, what was going on there? Was it learning about how to... Be silent together. Were you finding that there
0: are a lot of conversations coming up? Were you singing? So I went into this trip thinking that we were going to have all of these life-changing conversations. Right? I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to be walking together. We're going to be you know, climbing this mountain. We'll we'll talk about everything, and we didn't. And I think that that's a tremendous blessing because I think that climbing your breath it does become labored. You are going uphill while you're climbing Kilimanjaro after a while, after about the first hour of climbing a day. And we just kind of learned to walk in this beautiful silence together. And I think that taught us how to be quiet together. During the the courtship period and the first frenetic year of marriage, You're talking all the time. You're talking about what you're going to do the next day. You're making plans. When are we going to have a baby? Are we going to buy a house? Do we want to stay in San Francisco? Do you want to live closer to your parents? And it's just constant chatter. And we live in a world of constant chatter. So learning to not talk and learning to be quiet together Was this really amazing thing that I think we've carried on into our marriage now, five years later? Mm -hmm. Oh my
2: god, it's so concentrated because all that you're doing is walking. You're not going out to the restaurant. You're not going shopping. You're not going to a gallery. It's like the travel experience stripped bare down to one thing: Mm -hmm. walking. Walking. That's it. That's it. (sighs) Sorry, can you tell me, like, what are you saying? Is it rocky? Are there trees? Are there bushes? If you're going through these different climates, so you're also going through different geological and physical things. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah, it changes. Every day. So it starts from so like it green starts shrubs green, and Gen- yeah. It starts in rainforest. Right. So it starts in rainforest with these beautiful colobus monkeys. They're the black monkeys that look as though they're wearing a long black cape. They're gorgeous with these long furry white tails. Mm. They're about the size of Labrador retrievers. And so they're hopping from branch to branch above your head, and these chameleons are just skittering around the ground in all different colors. And it's absolutely gorgeous. You're in the rainforest. And then you emerge and you're kind of in this temperate forest with these weird trees and plants, these trees called ground cells that look like they belong on the set of a Star Trek planet. And then you're climbing up into this crazy arctic desert. And and also there's rocks to climb over all the time and scree, which is like gravel where you walk three steps and you're pushed back two mm-hmm. steps. Uh, so you feel like Sisyphus rolling a boulder up a mountain. Up a hill. So it's okay.
2: All right. So you are getting up the mountain. What happens? Did you make it to the top of
0: the mountain? Did you overcome your physical challenge? This feels like a spoiler alert, but I don't care because I've talked about it so many times already. Like I said, I thought I was going to be the weak link on this trip. And I was nervous about it because I didn't want to fail in front of my new husband. I I wanted to be this strong, empowered woman. But I was like, I also know that the last day of the climb, it's very, very steep. The walking is very hard. It's below freezing temperatures. And I was scared of it. We're approaching that last day. We're walking through what's becoming kind of an Arctic desert zone. It's just this completely empty landscape. I wish we had visuals. I wish we could
2: like, show everybody what we're seeing right now and I where know. you are at which point of the journey. Mm. Listeners,
0: just imagine landscape. It looks along. a little Arctic bit like you're, on, like you're on the moon. <laughs> yeah, It really does. And all of a sudden, Nick started slowing down, and that was weird because I'd never seen Nick slow down. Hmm. And he's like, I don't feel good, and I'd also never seen Nick admit that he didn't feel good. Mm. And then he sits on the ground, and he actually sat on the ground right next to this, like, rusted-out, gurney that someone had just tossed wow. behind like a cactus or something and I'm like oh wow well, we could use that gurney if you need it and he's like I, I'm not okay and he despite my husband being in this tremendous shape despite being the guy who could drink a six pack and run a marathon he got the altitude sickness oh. right? and again I, I hate being like it's a perfect metaphor for marriage but it is because this is not what we expected to happen. Right. Right. Hey, listeners. So that was just part of my chat with Pavia and Gerilyn on A Way to Go. If you want to hear the rest of the conversation, there's a link to the show in the notes for this episode that you're listening to right now. Or you can find A Way to Go on the iHeart app, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give it a listen. And if you like what you hear, subscribe to their show today.